Four, please. The Knackered Golfist now driving. Welcome to the Knackered Golfist. Um, to this last weekend, we had the uh, 2020 Tour Championship finish up with the uh, the final golf tournament of the season, and Dustin Johnson won the tournament. It was down at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I found the coverage to be I don't know. I appreciate the um, the final nine holes where they didn't have any commercials, and I really. Um, Made me, and there were a few points where I actually went back on my YouTube channel and actually rewatched the last two holes of the 1993 Tour Championship that was actually held at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. I thought that I had been the coverage that I recorded on ABC Sports was the Sunday coverage, obviously, where um, Jim Gallagher Jr. won the tournament after the last two holes where Greg Norman had one of his collapses. But I think I, I was at that tournament back on the, the Saturday before the Sunday, obviously, the third round, and I thought it was the greatest tournament that I had ever been to up, at, up until that time. I was 20 years old, and the thing about it is that, I mean, it was the first time that I had been to the Olympic Club, and they had had the U.S. Open there, back in 87 and that was when Scott Simpson won but essentially it may have been it was close a lot closer to probably the way the US Open was set up in 87 than it was in 2012 obviously because of the the equipment the guys were using back then I mean Jim Gallagher Jr. was using persimmon fairway woods and persimmon drivers and they were using uh, a lot of golf balls and stuff like that but I just thought that that tournament that I went to was probably the greatest golf tournament that I had been to in my life up until that point, obviously. And I hadn't been to many of them just because, I mean, I wasn't that old. And I wasn't in an area that was rich in sort of having golf tournaments happen every year. So one thing that I remember about that tournament is that, I mean, it was... I think the turn well if, for one thing it was it took place on Halloween which was um you know getting into fall in 1993 and it was uh it was really cool because it was sort of in the beginning of the NFL season and the 49ers were home that weekend but yet thousands of people came out to the Olympic club to watch the golf and so it was the top 30 money winners on the PGA Tour that year. I mean, just to name off stuff off the top of my head. I mean, Greg Norman, Jim Gallagher Jr., David Frost, Rick Fair, John Houston, um, Lee Jansen, Paul Azinger, Payne Stewart, Nick Price, uh, Billy Mayfair. Gosh, who else? Just off the top of my head. <laughs> Fred Couples was there, and it was the, I mean, I remember, I, I love going to the range on the uh, the day that I'm attending the tournament just to watch the guys hit the ball because I'm just so enamored with the ball flight. And back then, everybody was using the Titleist Torvalada as range balls, and so it was a, a wound, sort of extremely soft golf ball, 
and it was tailor-made, no pun intended, for guys with their shot-making ability. And so I remember one thing particularly is I was, I was so thrilled to see Greg Norman. And Greg Norman was sort of the king of his palace back then on tour. And the thing about Greg Norman was he had a presence or he had a... Um, there, was an, there was an aura about him. He was the number one... I think he could have been number one in the world at the time. He had won the, uh, the Doral Rider Open back, I believe, in March of that year. And he also won his second and final uh, British Open, which was at Royal St. George's in England, in Sandwich, England. And they were going to have it there this year, but they canceled it because of the COVID-19 stuff. But seeing Greg Norman and Tony Navarro was his caddy back then. And he, I actually went to the Safeway Open last year and he is caddying, Tony Navarro was caddying for Nick Watney. And I actually, it was so thrilling. I was so thrilled to see, I was just so thrilled to see um, Tony Navarro. And I said hello to him and he's like, hey, great to see you. So he's like, yeah, you know, get out of my face. No, I'm kidding. But um, the thing about the 93 Tour Championship, I went there with my dad. And I can't remember exactly. I mean, I, I went to the 2012 U.S. Open at the Olympic Club and we parked parked my car down at uh, Candlestick Park. And we were shuttled by like a Greyhound bus up to the golf course. But the thing is... I mean, not to get sidetracked or anything, but for the 2012 U.S. Open, they didn't allow anybody to bring in any backpacks. And it was so sort of uh, tiring because you had extreme cold because you're at the coast, and then you have extreme heat, and then you have extreme cold again in the afternoon when they're hitting balls after, after their round, so... It was really frustrating to not be able to bring a bag in to be able to have like a sweatshirt, you know, for me to pack because I'm, I'm really sort of hot blooded and I like being, I like wearing a, a short leaf shirt when it's cool, but then when it's too cold, it gets a bit, you know, too much. So back to the 93 tour championship, the thing about, if you watch the, uh, the ABC coverage on my YouTube channel. I actually took that from a VHS tape back last year when I was unemployed. <laughs> and I had some time to do that. But the thing about that tournament is that I had never seen or heard the Goodyear blimp at uh, a golf tournament before. And back then, you know, the Goodyear blimp went to baseball games, NFL games, other golf tournaments. But something about that particular tournament that really it's really implanted in my memory as being so um, so sort of serene. Well, I don't know if serene is the right word, but just sort of omnipresence. Because you know when a Goodyear blimp is at an event, you know it's a big deal. And that's that's why it was so thrilling. Because you had that, that sort of distant sort of murmur of a blimp flying around above a golf tournament, above a golf course. And with all of the beautiful cypress trees that are lining the Olympic Club, just the, the, the shadows it late in the afternoon and listening to the blimp just made it all the more great, all the more spectacular. So 
the blimp being there listening to the blimp and also listening to the blimp during the telecast on the Sunday the next day made it really really special so I think I, I can't I think one shot comes to mind when I was walking around the Olympic Club watching the golfers on Saturday back then um, I was following I think back on the day when I remember the shot it was a uh, it was Fred Couples and that was back then he was playing for Lynx Lynx Golf and there were these commercials on TV sorry let me get a drink there were these commercials on TV where you know obviously they would promote Lynx Golf products and this driver was called the Lynx Boom Boom Driver that was being promoted on these commercials and Fred you know obviously had one and he would he was playing with it on tour, you know, during the round, and um, it made a very definitive sort of, I guess, tink is the right word. The way the the ball would hit the the metal face driver, but he could he could just hit it so far. He could hit it such a long way. He just they call him Boom Boom, right? And so he had this gift of hitting the ball a long way, which was amazing because it was a year after he won the Masters in '92. And I don't know if he won a tournament that year in 93. I can't remember or not because I remember, well, back to Fred Couples. So I was on the 16th tee. And if you know the Olympic Club, the 16th is the longest uh, hole on the course. And it's 609 yards from what I remember. And when they talk about guys who knew how to make shots, you know, the whole shot maker sort of deal with the wound ball and the balada ball. Uh, Fred was no exception. He was no exception at all. He was able to, I believe, work the ball both ways. And the shot that he hit, I mean, I remember him doing his practice swing and I was I was sort of replaying the commercial in my head. You know, oh no, not Fred Couples. Anyway, so he takes the club back and I don't know what he did, but he was able to sort of... He has this sort of lazy, um, rhythmic sort of swing that he goes back and he hits, comes down on the ball. He had this swing. He hit a draw on this on this hole that just completely wrapped around the whole fairway. I mean, he wrapped around a bunch of trees. It was just straight down the middle. I mean, the shot was straight down the middle... And it was just piped right down the fairway. And it was just it was just curving with the fairway. And it ended up right in the middle of the fairway. He probably hit it 290 or 300. That's how far he was. But, I mean, that's the shot that I remember Fred Couples hitting. And I saw him on the range the, the, the morning earlier. Uh, earlier that morning. And I didn't really get to see him hit shots. But... It was just so thrilling to see him because I'd seen him on TV so much, so often. And um, so that's sort of my Fred Couples memory at the 93 Tour Championship. But I guess he didn't play well that week. And um, they had him up in the tower, I think, for a little bit of time during the coverage on Sunday. And he's like, you know, great course. The hole looked really good today. I think he shot like... He could have shot like high 70s and then he shot 65 on Sunday, something like that. But anyway, so 
I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just it's just reminiscing sort of taking little details from what I remember. And I did, you know, David Frost was a chap from South Africa and he had such a, a elegant sort of compact swing that I always admired because he was one of the dead David Ledbetter students back then. Him and Nick Faldo and uh, Nick Price were all students of David Ledbetter. And, you know, David Ledbetter, I guess, had this thing of making the swing extremely compact, using your shoulders, you know, firing the your shoulders through your hips kind of thing. It could have been, you know, the way the, the Ben Hogan, the modern-day Ben Hogan sort of technique, you know, without Ben Hogan, you know, teaching the class or whatever. But David Ledbetter was known for that. He had, um, I guess he was the first, he could have been the first uh, coach to coach tour players to being, you know, better golfers on tour. So anyway, um, where was I going with that? So David Frost, he played for Hogan back then, and he was playing the Hogan Apex Blades. And from what I remember, um, he played the Titleist Tour Bellata golf ball. And he had this this persimmon driver that I have to that I'm thinking was a Hogan Apex driver, but it had a graphite shaft on it. And if you watch as my video of the 1993 Tour Championship comes on, he's hitting this shot on number 17, and uh, you know, there's a little bit. I mean, he didn't take extremely long time to hit the ball, but he took a fair amount of time to hit the ball. Which I think, um, I mean, for one thing, Greg Norman took forever back then. But uh, anyway, David Frost hit a he hit a, a magnificent shot on 17. It was like a left to right. I'm sorry, yeah, like a left to right cut on that hole because the 17th was a par five for the '93 Tour Championship, but it was a par four for the 2012 U.S. Open. But um, I just remember him hitting that shot, and he actually. On the next hole, on the 18th, which is my favorite hole of in my in in the whole world, is the 18th at the Olympic Club. Uh, he hit. I mean, guys would get on the tee and they would hit a long iron because it was only 348 yards, and the tee it w- the hole would go downhill, and then the, ne- the second shot you would hit uphill to the elevated green that would slope from back to front. And I think on that day, on Sunday, the hole was cut in like uh back center i think is where the hole was so anyway if you watch the video of david frost teeing off on 18 it was just so amazing just the way he just he has a perfect backswing goes up to parallel comes down smacks the ball and then it's just it's just amazing it's just amazing to see that shot so I I think I remember seeing guys tee off on 18 with their long iron and to this day I think the reason why I love hitting one irons off of these short par fours is because of that those guys on that tee showed me that you can have you got to place the ball in the fairway in order to have a good setup for the second shot on a short par four and and if you hit a a one iron or a two iron i mean a one iron you're a man if you can hit a one iron on a short par four you're a real golfer you don't need this hybrid stuff get out there get a get a forged one iron and 
and smack that ball to the middle of the fairway. And you're a good golfer if you can do that. You really are. And you will show the guys in your group, guys or gals in your group, that you're a freaking player. You're a player if you can do that. A one iron on a short par four is the way to play golf. That's my motto. Get that one iron and show people that you mean business. Because <laughs> that's what Tom Watson said. You will never know how good you are going into a round until you hit a one iron on the range. That's what he said. So, anything else about the 93 Tour Championship? I don't know. The air, the, I mean, today we got smoke everywhere, but the air back then, I love the coast. I love, <clears throat> I wish I could have gone to the 2020 PGA because the air on the coast is just so amazing. But anyway, anyway, the um, two thousand. I'm sorry, the 1993 Tour Championship at the Olympic Club was a tournament that I'll remember for probably the rest of my life. It wasn't. I mean, Easinger said during the pot the telecast this year that the Tour Championship isn't what it was back then it, to what it is now. And I, I was listening to the No Laying Up guys, and they were saying, you know what? We've been hearing for years and for years and for years that the Players' Championship is sort of the quote-unquote fifth major. And it's... I kind of... I've never really thought of the Players' Championship being a major. And they're trying to make this Tour Championship into a major. And I, I think after what I saw this weekend or this Sunday, I'm not, a, I'm not convinced. Because for one thing, you got to have fans... And for another thing, this whole, you know, leader going out already being 10 under, I, that's not that's not cool. I don't like that. You got to start from scratch. You got to be able to, you know, get to where you're going starting from scratch. None of this starting off 10 under stuff. I don't like that. But, you know, hats off to Dustin Johnson. They sort of they wanted him to win. I don't know if they did that on purpose. For him to for him to have that success, but he just annihilated the field back at the uh, quote unquote Northern Trust back a few weeks ago. Anyway, so he was the man of the playoffs this year. So it's a complete and utter opposite of the Tour Championship that I remember. And um, the next year, '94, I wasn't there. I went to college down in L.A., but I guess Mark McCumber won that, and it was sort of a a memorable finish because I think I remember watching that last round at like a golf store, a golf store somewhere. I think I was at Roger Dunn testing out clubs down in West Covina, and uh, I think I remember seeing Mark McCumber hole out from the fairway or hole out from a chip shot for him to win or something like that, which was pretty good. So anyway. I think um, Jim Gallagher Jr., if I ever see him in person, I'm going to say, I remember your 63 that you shot on Thursday, and it helped you win the Tour Championship on Sunday. He won $640,000, and I heard today that Dustin Johnson got $15 million with this FedEx Cup stuff. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, a lot of golf. A lot of golf. A lot of golf has changed over, gosh, 1993 to 2020, that is 27 years? Good Lord. Good Lord. Anyway, 
So I think I'm going to sign off for now. Thanks for listening to the Knackered Golfist, and I hope to send out a podcast here again. So 1993 Tour Championship. Check it out on my YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Four, please. The Knackered Golfist now driving.